0: We are being recorded, nice.
1: so that's good. Fun. So, Hippie Kim, me?
0: welcome to the show, thank yeah, you for coming. Yeah, hear you. <laughs> we can
1: hear you, we can't see you. You can't oh, see we can't
0: see you. I can Aww. hear you. Oh, there ah, we, we can see you.
1: Yay. What's up? Yeah.
2: What you have to on say is most important.
1: My hair's messy. I totally did. <laughs> no, didn't, didn't, is, is that, that a Laura? <laughs> I didn't, didn't know this was twelve Eastern Standard Time. Thank you so much. My I, I, I had the same problem when I
3: started, so you're not alone. Got it. Good. No, uh, we're sorry. You know, we,
0: we really fly by the seat of our collective pants here, but thank you for coming on. Uh, it's really yeah. nice. Yeah. No, I'm in so New York. That. Okay. Yeah, uh, I think, yeah. I mean, the idea is like um, to get a lot of disparate uh, political views together. Uh, mm-hmm. People from you know physically physically distant places uh mm-hmm. mentally emotionally different places uh historically different places and but we come together, all come together yeah. uh through ubi which is sort of the perfect policy for this moment in history i think uh and i think you know you you're a supporter certainly so we're very glad to have you we're all ubi advocates eager to learn from you to know you better and to have a discussion about ubi electoral politics and poverty yeah. with you so Thank yeah. you so much for coming on the show. It's going to be thank an you. informal discussion. I'm not sure if anyone else uh, might have their camera on, but you know, thank you for appearing on camera and uh, and everything. We know you. We thought you thought this was later, so uh, thanks for getting dressed for us. You know. Yes. <laughs> it's it's uh, I if you weren't, I do on whatever I saw that was
1: closest to me. So here you have it.
0: <laughs> no, it looks great. But I love it. I, I absolutely love it. Like, uh, my my I, name is I'm the producer and organizer of the show. This so- Ariel. Awesome. There and yeah, Ariel Fay guys introduce yourself.
1: Love him. Yes. Oh, yeah. Yeah, very, very nice, charismatic, brilliant, intelligent guy. Um, cool. Oh. And then and then who am I talking to over here? Or you don't know what I, who who is here. Um oh, yeah. Ariel, <laughs> Ariel. No,
4: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> upper left. <laughs>
0: upper left Ariel. <laughs> <upper
1: left, laughs> <upper left. laughs> the other blue shirt. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> that's what was your name?
4: Faye.
1: Faye. Okay, got it. Hey, Faye. Cool. Oh. Awesome. Yay.
4: You're working with Hannah. Hannah yeah. is doing so much work for you. It's beautiful.
1: Yes. We're so lucky to have her. She's she's like, yeah, she has uh, many hats. She's also, she's a chief strategist in addition to being a fundraising director. Uh, but now she's getting more support as well. So we have, we have another awesome person. Her name is Tristine Yin. She actually used to work on Marianne Williamson's staff, and um, she's now heading up, uh, she's a separate fundraising coordinator now, so we're really trying to focus on that, because just for campaigns, like, for the primary cycle, what we did was, even though we entered the game late, our website was launched the first week of October, Um, we, like, so everything was late, but yet we just focused on fundraising, because every single tutorial, or conference, or teleconference or whatever I went to would say fundraising 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 and then do get out the vote the last two or three months and so I was like all right since I'm a first-time candidate I-, I don't want to reinvent the wheel or anything I'll just do what they say and so that's what we did and I think for for being a first-time candidate and team I think it was the way to do it like that because otherwise we probably wouldn't have started started with anything And I think that's what helped us get a little further than um kind of other candidates might have been because we actually like there was not a day like guys where I oh my gosh I was working 12 hours a day and like on the way to work from 7 a.m to 9 like 7 a.m to 8 a.m 8 30 a.m I would call in my car on the way to work because it takes me an hour and a half to drive to Culver City so then for an hour and a half I'm on calls with friends or supporters or people I've met in my life who live on the east coast so then I 'm calling them, and then, during lunchtime, like my hour, I go into my office or my car, and then i 'm straight calling for an hour straight doing fundraising calls and then, on the way home, <clears throat> from six thirty to eight thirty i 'm doing also fundraising calls, and so I think that's what we're also for this cycle we're getting back into the mentality of and so but this cycle we're really kind of go, expanding our network and reach, and we need to really perfect our messaging and so i've had like um Yesterday morning and the morning before, our new fundraising coordinator, Tristine, she would jump on these calls with me. So we're doing cold calls now. Uh, last primary cycle, I had gone through my personal contacts. So for fundraising, there's candidate call time, which is the candidate making personal calls for fundraising. And then there's the other type of phone banking where it could be checking in on constituents, seeing what kind of COVID-19 relief they need. Or it could be maybe low dollar don't uh, low dollar push efforts kind of phone banking. So that's done by the volunteers, but for your high dollar donors, they want to talk to the candidate. And so candidates are encouraged to do call time at least three to four hours a day. And so right now we're, we're doing that. But then since we're now in a general cycle campaign race, we really need to shape up our message and perfect that more. And so we actually started doing our candidate call time phone call and phone banking after we got Andrew Yang's endorsement so (laughs) so with that being said now it's like hey my name is David and I was recently endorsed by Andrew I just want to talk to you and it's just having a conversation more than like doing an ask for money Um, because I mean if it gets to that that's where it gets to that but I think right now it's just kind of connecting with people who have demonstrated active support for campaigns like ours in the past and so kind of connecting with them so but yeah that's so that would be my my normal morning right now um but then i was like oh crap i have to go on Yang gang Round roundtable with them right now but i can do calls later too um <laughs> and then we're also we're doing a lot of upgrades right now we're like we're transferring to our new website and so i need to finish some copy for that send it to our copy team um but no i'm so glad to be here so how often are you guys on um just on on are you always on video
0: no, hey, no, it's a thing know. we started doing um, in an attempt to uh, grow our audience, reach more people, humanize us. I prefer to not be on video, but you know, here we are. Um, I'm I'm trying to uh, to be on to be on video and lead by example. And uh, you know, thank, thanks, thanks, okay. thanks, everyone who's on video. And uh, we try to off. be really egalitarian here. You know, some people don't have cameras, some people have anxiety, some people have dirty homes, or don't like the way they look, or whatever. So um, you know, we keep it like camera optional, so as to not exclude anybody. Right. Um, so it's a little bit of a mix, and we're, we're just proceeding. We're trying to figure out how this works for us and our audience, and uh, it's a new thing we're trying.
3: And we're still kind of, like, in the startup phase, so we're kind of
0: seeing. Yeah, we just started this in, uh, in fe- at the this. very end of February.
1: Oh, yeah. whoa, that's very recent. I love this, though, because, like, later on in the general cycle when it's, like, I don't know, August, September, October, you guys can have me back on and I'll be like,
0: Oh, oh yeah, remember sure. back in May? On any time. We basically yeah. the idea is, you know, we do four shows a weekend. And in addition to being, you know, a podcast and a show, it's it's kind of a hub for people in the yang gang or just UBI advocates even outside of the Yang Gang to know each other, to connect with each other, to reach each other. So um that's one of the reasons I have it on Discord instead of Zoom. So mm, we have okay. a server and it's a place if you want to get back in touch with us, you can. And also, if you just feel like dropping in on like our Saturday informal discussion, or like one of our like afternoon panel discussions with a oh, with yeah. another with another you know um speak with another person we're interviewing like, and you just want to like watch you, you can you, just come in you, or if you want you, you, you can just jump in
3: like anytime you yeah. want
0: it's, it's, it's a semi-open like just open forum. once like, you've been invited you, on you may you, you can come on again and contribute to the ongoing conversation on poverty, basic income, and electoral politics because this is what we all have to be talking about at this at this yeah for sure I love it
2: by um, the way congratulations on the. Andrew Yang endorsement. Yes, we Kim.
5: Yes. We can have
2: heard no, <laughs> Congratulations.
1: Yes. We can. Uh, thank you so much, Angelo. Yes, yes, yes. Thank you. Um oh Angelo oh yes, he is uh, also an amazing addition to our team. Um we're yeah, we've just been having so many great people just join with their own expertise, like with with press kits or like doing that if that's their expertise or with merch and and so we've been really blessed. Um, obviously, the Andrew Yang endorsement um, has been <clears throat> a big thing for us because it, I think one of the, the things that for us, wh- why is that important to us? I think for us, it it actually gives us, not that our campaign wasn't legitimate, but I think I mean, usually, like for pundits or the media, there needs to be that "uh" to it, and so it there, it puts us on the national radar, and it really kind of localizes while also nationalizing our own local issues that we have here in Los Angeles, which is homelessness, which is corrupt politician and developer relationships. We have FBI raids on two city council members, like <laughs> so. It's it, that's, that's only the beginning and the cusp of it all, like, um, and so I think. For us, that, that's a huge thing, because given that, not that L.A. is a more important city than any, because everybody is, every city is equal too, but then given the stature and size of L.A., you would think that things would be more orderly here, and things would be more evenly distributed, but it's not the case, and so... Yeah, go you, ahead. Aaron.
3: You live in L.A. and then everybody thinks like, oh, you must know this celebrity. Like, no, no, no. Hollywood does not look like the Hollywood that you're thinking of. Those are the Hollywood hills. Like our Hollywood, like you see all sorts of crazy, ridiculous things. I, I just want to get out of
1: there. But go ahead. David. Yeah. No, it's just so it's, it's so it's so really sad because I think like even if you were to get off from like, let's say I was just, I was just doing this, trying to imagine myself as a first time visitor flying into LA, like even just getting off of the LAX airport and then going to go see your favorite or go, go eat at the favorite foodie place that you've heard of. And you wrote on your bucket list or going to some touristy place or restaurant in Hollywood. Like you're going to see so many unhoused brothers and sisters on the streets. And you can't help but to think while driving, it's like, what the fuck? Like, why, what's going on? Like,
4: Portland's the it's same so way, though. Portland, like, I hadn't been here in a few months, and uh, the homeless camps have like tripled, quadrupled in size, and they're right off the roads now. So you can see these camps, right? And you got like uh, 10 uh, different tents with tarps connecting them, and there's like a whole community popping up on the side of the yeah. roads.
1: And 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 the thing I think that we have to realize or kind of have others to realize is like it's not their fault like um I think with that many communities of our people in that situation there's something systemically wrong at issue and that's and that's obviously all the issues that some of you guys are really passionate about as well as I am about and if we don't have those issues being discussed and passed then this is just going to increase and we're just going to have more people and and i i think it's this breaking this mentality of like it's not their fault there's actually a bigger systemic thing going on that we really need to fix as a people ourselves and and, and so that i mean that's that's the only kind of reason why through my hat in the race like
0: yeah. It's like well, we're all saying if, that in our different ways. You know? a, yeah.
1: a, a
3: Repu- even if you're a Republican or a conservative, I'm sure, like, David, you said you have conservative parents. Are they happy when they see all these unhoused people in these tents? I'm pretty sure they're not. I'm pretty sure that, like, you know, it, it's just a human thing that... You, you you don't you don't wanna see this around you. You don't wanna be like walking through it. It's it's like it's like you, you wanna say like why is this even happening? No matter if
1: you're a liberal or conservative or independent, libertarian, you know. Like I'm just saying, yeah. You know? And and I do have I do have hope though, because kind of seeing how the political climate and like social commentary and political commentary has been like with the suspension of Andrew Yang's campaign with the suspension of Bernie's campaign and like how it's riled up people and all of that. I am very hopeful though, because <clears throat> I feel like it's no longer um, kind of the period and age where we'll be complacent anymore. We'll, we'll just be with, okay. And where we're now being more proactive and, and bringing more change in that. And so um i'm very hopeful that that that's where we're moving towards in that direction and that's why we have like people like you doing like this is amazing like i i would never have thought like i don't know this is a cool thing to do and it's actually really cool but then i think it's breaking the mentality of like politics is for people's in their I don't. I don't know. Whatever your it's whatever your mentality yeah. them
0: is, but yeah, changing that mentality uh, of yeah. who politics is for is is certainly part of why we do this. You know, thank you for it's for am not like, Glad you got it. Yeah. Any yeah.
3: anyone who pays taxes, it should be going towards like what you want and your voice. And if it's not, then why aren't you questioning it? Like every time you see like sales tax, income tax, property tax. Well, if that money is coming out of my pocket, why isn't it going to things that I actually
1: want? And I, you know, so I feel like there has to be like this bigger movement to not just get out the vote but like this deeper rooted awareness sort of campaign where it's like, yo, when you, when you flush the toilet, that's politics right there. It has nothing to do with you, Then don't use the toilet. (laughs) But it's like kind of getting ingrained, like, oh, this is like getting a driver's license or like, Mm. like not being able to drive. Mm. Like that's one of the basic, basic, basic things.
4: Yeah. Go ahead.
2: (laughs) Yeah. So So, David, uh,
4: Mentioning the driver's license saying, Okay, did you know that there is a state, Arizona, that your license doesn't expire until you're 65? Why can't we have that in other states? Like, Whoa, realistically, it's all about the money, right? And the reason why they did it until you're 65 is because of the money. Um, yeah. Uh, uh, my well, license expired during quarantine, so DMVs are closed. So I'm, I'm, I'm That's why I'm passionate about this. Well, there <laughs>
1: need to be some update procedures in place, um, in regards to that. But I mean, I, I get your point, though. That's a very good. That's a very valid point, though. <laughs> yeah. Um. Well. Yeah, it's it's just like uh, because like giving you an example in our district, there's a little less than seven hundred thousand people. Um, three hundred ten, two thousand, three hundred two thousand are uh, registered voters. Um, about a hundred thousand of them vote. So a hundred out of seven hundred thousand end up choosing who their representative is. Um, but if we if we actually like just even double that, oh my gosh, like what kind of change could we bring with that? Like, holy crap! Like just in all of our measures and policies that we pass, and and and, and everything else too um but it's just kind of sparking that and i think that's that's the next thing and i and i believe that we're getting there so so i'm still hopeful the about
4: it hasn't known how to do a lot of this stuff either it wasn't until recently i think that younger people like woke up <laughs> they're like wait this, this isn't working guys how do i politic like it was like a whole <laughs> new thing
1: <laughs> yeah no right. you're right um it was i remember because i had followed um marianne for like 10 years because i read her books. But um, she when she had first came out um, in terms of the presidential race, she was getting a lot of slack from like the, the inspirational life coach, uh, spiritual church uh, community about, oh, why are you going into politics? But for her, she was like, what are you talking about? Spirituality is politics. Politics is spirituality. You're helping the psyche. It's like them- conscious. Mental well-being consciousness of the people. Exactly. You pinpointed it, Ariel. Like, you are actually in that direct service and action. There's nothing more direct actionable about that. And, and And so, like, what are you talking about? This is the application part of what you absorb in those workshops or weekend seminars or books or whatever like this is the time where you apply that um and so (laughs) and so that's and that's what I loved about Marianne because she's kept on with um I think it's angel food project angel food on uh, wheels where she's provided to the lgbt queer community back in the when the aids um, epidemic was going um when it was when it was very severe Back here locally in LA, she started with that and she's all action, action, action shows forth for it. And like, that's what we need in the government. And I know Ariel has a lot to say about that, but that's what we need. Like action from our representatives. We don't need somebody just to be there and just to vote in in the majority direction of their party and just be another Another tally. We don't need another tally mark for LA. We need another person like that's actually voicing their opinion. Right, right. And I think you
3: hit on it. If if a politician is saying something or if an elected representative, like I need to see a plan of action. I need to see like, okay, you said it, like how are you going to implement it? If you don't show that to me, then what's the point? And, and the funny thing is, it's like when, when Obama was running and he said like change and yes, we can and all that stuff. Okay. Like, but like how, and then it's like, oh, we'll figure that out later. Like, no. And, and, and then it's like, and then when Trump ran, I mean, I forgive me, but like, I I thought like, oh, he's going to bring like all these, you know, good paying jobs to like our people. And then when he finally got in, I'm like, well, I mean, I didn't really feel like, the good jobs that I was talking about were like, I don't know about LA's manufacturing center, but I really didn't feel like my economic situation changed. I just feel like everybody gets so wrapped up in the rhetoric, but then when it comes to like implementable plans, it's like, we don't see anything and nobody ever says anything. Yeah.
5: I think yeah. that's what was so revolutionary about Yang at a lot of levels. Was he had actual actionable plans for 100 policies that that was that was really flabbergasting especially compared to the rest of the fields where it was vague word salads of
4: ideas
2: platitudes but
4: that's yeah i I said with uh go ahead
2: yeah i said with andrew yang that um you know he was over prepared for the world's longest job interview um also on a side note they uh i live in arizona and um i'm consider dinner. yourself lucky that your guys as his licenses do expire because uh, some of our drivers should not be on the road.
4: <laughs> well, it said after 65 you gotta get a check every like something ta- amount of time. I don't know but okay fair. Well, that's, a,
1: that's, a good, that's a reason for an update. Um, I
4: mean Wisconsin's wait, 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 one wait, of the states oh. that's
5: solving the DMV closing problem by just passing people without tests right now
1: so
4: oh
5: wow. <laughs> So
1: uh, kind of like Arizona. Are you? Ser- oh, are you serious? Wow.
4: I was dead aware- ass,
5: dead what? ass. They they just have to they, they don't have to do a practical car test for the young drivers right now. They're just getting licenses.
2: Well, wow. your, your practical wow. car test is pull out of the parking lot, go around the block park. That's it for <laughs> Arizona. And you uh, have your license until you're 65. Wow. <laughs> I'll just need to know
1: what, so it's literally just driving around the parking lot once.
2: Yeah, well, driving around the block, you pull out of the parking lot and just drive around the block and then okay. come back and park. So
5: everyone should get their license in Arizona.
4: So, so the reason it's such a big deal for me is I've been fully nomadic for over a year. I sometimes settle down into people's homes for, you know, a week or two. Oh, uh, okay. But, okay. but being nomadic, it's really hard to you don't have an address. Right. And so like it's the same problem. Homeless, uh, just nomadic is a less uh, derogatory term. Uh, so uh, and it's more exciting, right? Um, but anyway, it's like if I have. I'm writing,
1: I'm writing that down right now. Your 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 concern or your issue that you have, but yes, continue.
4: Oh, awesome! <laughs> um, but yeah, because I'm fully nomadic, though, uh, and my license expired, I don't have a mailbox to even get a, a, a like thing sent to. I'm just going to use my mom's here, um, but uh, like. <laughs> I have purposely fallen through the cracks so I could help us figure out how to fix our country um, in, in a lot of capacities. But I've also been investigating what it's like to be in homeless shelters. I, I used to be a professional cuddler, so I had pillow talk with the nation as I traveled. So, like, I, I really got to dive deep into um, investigative journalism in some capacity to figure out how to uh, fix things. But then I'm like, okay, I just need a platform where I can talk to people People who are into politics who can actually make actionable changes happen. So uh, to be able to talk to you, uh, someone who's trying to make change, you know, uh, it it helps a lot.
1: Yes, yes. No, this is really great. And I'm again another reason why I love this kind of stuff. This is awesome. Um, uh, They say I think um, I think it's up under people up until people that are um, age forty five or fifty. The majority is all kind of like the progressive majority in that sense. And so I think I'm very hopeful that, I mean, it's kind of, I'm not I'm not hoping for anybody to pass or anything, but oh, in a few God. years, we'll get there where we all where we are replacing every single seat of Congress and Senate eventually. <laughs> and I think people say, oh, David, you can't believe in electoral power too much. And it's like, no, you haven't even seen it fully maximized and empowered. What are you talking about? Right. You haven't even seen it to, happen.
0: Your like, to your point, we haven't even uh, we're having... Oh yeah, sorry. sorry. I, I, oh, sometimes it's like a little d- delay in Discord. Uh it makes it hard to tell when people are done talking. I feel so bad cutting people off. No, I, was, you're good. I was trying to support what you said, but to your point, tomorrow we are having a, a debate on the case for Biden or lack thereof. And uh uh I had a very hard time finding a couple of young people who are likely Biden supporters. And even they when they came out when they agreed to come on the show, they 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 ensured that I would uh, Introduce them in a way that was qualified—that they are not just Biden supporters; they are likely Biden supporters, and you know they were previously not Biden supporters, and Biden's not their first choice. And it's just so uh, man—it's bad. Biden's like an albatross to be connected to it at every level of politics right now. And I think that does actually speak pretty well for the likelihood of the Democratic Party actually changing in the future. Well, so, maybe the present even is happening it seems to be I happening. I mean, you
3: know. it show I'm wondering like if David actually wins and gets into Congress, like David, will you have some kind of line to like these other people who are already there and like talk to them, and whatever kind of like responses you get for them about things, you tell like the people, this is the conversation I had, you know, with this congressperson or that congresswoman. And I talked to Biden about UBI, and this is what he thought about it because that it, it's like we're always left in the dark, you know, and it's frustrating.
1: Yeah, I think it should definitely be a more integrative process because the whole idea of democracy and representative form of government is we're actually there. I'm, I'm already saying as we're actually there. Oh, I guess we're going to be there, guys. We're actually there to to support and represent your values and what your interests are. And so what? what I, th- I think I tweeted about this a couple times late at night. I have these like late night like, ah, uh, type of moments. <laughs> And so one of those moments where like, oh my gosh, why are you guys making decisions on your own inside closed rooms without sharing any with anybody? And then you don't even respond back to like actually respond back to the requests that come to you in regards to even the top leaders of any movement even. I mean, it's just a simple generic letter. And so it's kind of without giving any gauge of what you're even considering, like bam, 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 this is what we're considering, whether it be... A sort of open release like kind of bam it's easy to do like hey guys this is what we're considering like even that's super helpful but i think the whole idea of a representative form of government is you actually go talk with your people and say hey this is what we're talking about right now like what are your guys' thoughts okay got Mm -hmm. it all right hey guys so i talked with my district and group and like this is what we're thinking let's vote and like that's the form of government really but i think it's more oh, hey, guys, what do you think is good, good for your... Oh, I think this is good for my people without even knowing what's good for them. And then they go back and, hey, guys, we're helping you. And they're like, but this doesn't help them. How, I mean, it helps me a little bit, but how about, okay, this one doesn't help me. Like, like there's the confusion. It's like, dude, it's not something so hard to really fix. Like, was that, was that something complicated? That was so easy to understand, right? Like... And yeah, Ariel, go ahead. Sorry. I, I remember like, it's okay. I was in
3: Beverly High and I remember like being there and then I saw that like these kids wrote letters and then they said like, I, I was like 17 years old. These are the letters that we wrote to our Congress people and these are the responses we got. And I swear to you, every single response that these kids got was from an auto responder. And the teachers didn't even notice that it was just like an auto response. Like, we appreciate your concern. We're working on it. We'll get back to you. And and the and the teachers like posted those responses on the wall that were like, okay, like that didn't
4: make any sense. Yeah, like, there oh, have an auto response on politics, in my opinion. Right. Like- <laughs> it's
3: it, it's just like 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 no 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 you don't understand. I am not a number. I'm a person who like has ideas and I have goals and I want to see something happening in my life and be, and people being treated like numbers now it's just dehumanizing. It's like, you're just a statistic, right? It's like, no, no, because, because like, like, they, like, like you didn't sell and send us an auto response. You came here. You're like, Oh, okay. Like here, I'm going to send this like bot or like automate away. Like my decision making and just I like, know I'm not pretend to know what you guys want. <laughs>
1: okay yeah no you're totally right what i love you just made me think of aoc um regardless of whether or not you agree with her on things but she's really like people community oriented because i went to law school in new york and i was there uh this past december because a law school friend was just like hey let me help you throw a fundraiser here um so i went there and oh my gosh like she's having town halls left and right with each community in her district in person during like the holiday season and i'm like holy crap like you're amazing and she's just sitting there for hours just like talking with them and i'm like oh my gosh that's what a rep is like like that's what that's what community government like representing being with the people's like
0: and the um, idea of and leadership and service yeah just returning to america so yeah you know, if-
5: We've actually got a local representative that's like that. He goes to all of the local events. He's the only politician I've ever written a letter and I got what was very clearly not an auto response back. It was a page long paper back on on UBI actually. <laughs> yeah. I felt that was something that needed to be done yes. at the national level because he's no, only a state representative. But um Yeah, we do have a few like that. We just need more.
1: Yeah. Yeah. You're right. You're right. I mean, and and it's acknowledging and giving credit to those that are there and just kind of, um, like replicating and multiplying that. I mean, I think once we reach that critical mass then then we'll, we're good and we're set. And and, and,
2: So David,
0: uh, very, very recently, a few minutes ago, and she's just fantastic. So yeah, go on, uh, go on, Angelo.
2: Okay. Uh, David, I wanted to ask for um, family members I got listening in LA, um, can you explain? <clears throat> sorry, can you explain what the um, financial freedom, love, and justice stand for?
4: You're cutting out. Or well,
3: he, oh, I heard him. He said, "Can you explain what love, financial freedom, and justice stand for?"
1: Yes. Um. Yeah. I uh, one of the big things about me has just been just the inequalities in so many areas with the policies with our economic. Um, I guess distribution per se of money and um, all of that and so kind of to be more specific for me it just bothered me that every not bothered me but it was just so sad just to see like every meeting I go to or community event or neighborhood council meeting or whatever outreach every single person has two to three jobs like and they're like trying to make ends meet and they don't have time to hang out or do anything because they're they have two to three jobs and they need to make money but then they're still not they don't have like a bunch of savings and they only and the savings that they have it's like a few hundred and it's like yo this reality it's it's not stats like it's not stats and i think that's the thing that for me was just so bothersome like we we tend to yeah stats are good because they help us understand what's going on and help us connect with it but i think we've become so desensitized where these stats are now just stats they've lost their purpose of why they're there and so i think thing and and so like for me it was just so sad like yo we have people like two families living in apartments here in my neighborhood like three families like what's going on? Like, this is not right. And so when, when Kenneth Mejia came along, 2018, he like, like, imagine like a small flame. He like freaking, blazed it into a fire fire and i was like yo this guy's all about giving back economic power to the people giving back more protections giving back more representation actually caring and loving them and tangibly and showing what that means and so that's what got me on fire and so for me i think justice came down to three areas which was financial freedom love and justice justice being the main area but for me it's it kind of talks about in order to really start on justice for the people, we actually need to give the people financial freedom and power, because I'm not saying that economic freedom equals everything. I'm not saying that. But then to a point where people are striving day in and day out, but yet can't still see the light at the end of the tunnel, what are we doing right now? We actually have to enable that and allow that to happen, at least, and and allow that to happen and like kind of taking off the financial chains of slavery. Yeah, Ariel. Uh, Yeah, me and Angela were just talking
3: about this. It seems like as a millennial generation, like our entire generation has been gaslighted into believing like an education was like the financial freedom that you were talking about. I want you to think about this. No, it's bondage. Right, right. Exactly. Yeah, we were. We were gaslit. We, you, you remember what they used to say? They said, if you dropped out of high school, you'd have like a lousy minimum wage job and you'd, you'd be struggling. But they said, but then you go to university or something like you just go into middle management. You'd like bypass all of that stuff. And okay, so we do that and then they say, and then we graduate from university and then they tell us, oh, so you think you're too important to get this uh, minimum wage job, lousy job, like just because you graduated university, excuse me, put on the brakes and back up. You said, if I quit high school, I would have this job. And you said, I would get there if I graduated university. Now you're going back on your word and you're just accepting us to go like, oh, okay. No, like, what the hell?
1: Yeah, you have a lot to say there. Yeah. <laughs> no. Oh, go ahead. Somebody was going to talk. Babe, were you going to? No, Elise.
4: Um, I just said he was very passionate about it.
1: <laughs> well, I mean, I was. We were lied to. No. no. Yeah. And no, you're, and you're right. And it's just, and I, I could go on. I can go on and on about financial freedom, but I'll wrap it up in two minutes. The financial freedom part is, um, like it just doesn't make sense. Like this is something that I, it, it just, oh, it's just. Uh, uh, I just don't understand. I don't even know where to start again. But please it just go on and on. It it, it boggles on. thank you, Angela. I think, Angela. It boggles my mind that, like, the government. Like, I I know this sounds harsh, but the government. Oh no,
0: we were used letting, to it. Yeah, the government.
1: The, the government's just letting the people be raped financially by.
0: Okay, that mm. the, that, that was harsh, but yeah, the, force,
1: <laughs> the forces that are going, the the forces that are going at play, like in the sense of we need to reel everything back in like when you got rid of pensions 30 plus years ago, which was, and this is something that I tell people like the, the, if we were, if our chair, if we're sitting on a chair that like represented our financial kind of um, stability and, and ability to live once we retire from work, it was the one leg was company pensions. The second leg was social security. The third leg was savings. But then 30 plus years ago, you take out that one leg and then bam, you have a chair with two legs that's like floppy. And then while they take out uh, the pensions, they're like, oh, yeah, yeah, we're going to come back with something else. We're going to come back. We're going to come back. Nothing comes back. So right. now you have a, t- a two leg chair that the people have to sit on. Social Security is eroding and then they're Are they able to save during a 30 plus year income uh, wealth gap with the wage stagnation that's happening? No, no. So then the savings, like the, it's like this chair with two legs, the savings leg is like getting like eroded and then the other social security. So now it's like, there's no legs on the chair and the people are like this. And then everybody's like,
3: yay, we're making change. change. So so, so why why are Congress people not getting their salaries revoked? I don't get it. It's a conservative value that you get paid when you do your job and you get paid more when you do your job well, they are not doing their jobs. Why are they getting paid? Like, I, I, I well, they're, mean, they're I'm like just, beyond the
0: threshold where failure is possible in this. Country. Right. Like exactly. You have it's, it's, enough money and enough status. Look, you look, have this sort of uh, unspoken insurance that if you don't right. do it correctly, it's fine. You'll just you'll get the money somewhere else.
3: They are our servants. So they're kind of like, if you think about it, they are the employees of the people. And
0: they have been leadership
3: really bad instrument. employees of this. Of this, You know, we are the government. The people are the government. So they're supposed to be our employees. And we're like their employers. So why aren't they fired?
5: I, I, just, yeah, said but, yeah, I just said it.
3: Because we're not paying enough is. attention
5: yeah. to fire them.
2: Well, you know, <laughs> we'll it's, it's funny. Uh, me and Ariel had talked about this on a previous podcast. But we mentioned how the, con- the Constitution specifically states that it is um, forbidden for the government to make a a nobility class. However, basically the definition of a nobility class is a class of people that have uh, special rights and um, special financial gifts that the rest of the population does not have, which means that they get paid... uh, Typically in the old nobility class, they were paid by the government, typically the king, and uh, they had special rights... Um, and privileges above that of the average citizen, which is precisely what Congress has now. So, in a odd way, they created right. a pseudo nobility class, which I think you know we need more people like David to go in and oh, you know yeah. shake things up and remind them you know okay. that the like, people are the focus.
3: You're not the lords and ladies of like this. Isn't Great Britain? You
1: know. <laughs> Yeah. Well, what, what's so cool to see is the fact, and I think, I mean, maybe we were there also two years ago, um, but then having this election be a presidential cycle probably increases uh, the, the, the spread of that. But when you go on Twitter or when you go online, it's like just seeing a wave of down-ballot candidates, whether they be exclusively a blue hat or exclusively a red rose or both or whatever, like regardless, you have a mass you have a lot of people running across the country and it's like, yes, this is what's happening. We need more people that wouldn't run for office, run for office. And this is how we bring more change. This is how Mm -hmm. we, because when you see that, that's also an effect of people actually being touched here and realizing, holy shit, why the fuck have we been quiet? we actually need to do something right now. It's actually a good positive kind of result and effect that change is happening. So it is good to continue to be hopeful in that. And so that actually shows that the message is going out because once people that don't run for office, run for office now their communities around them and all their circles are automatically activated. You don't think any friend has not received a phone call or email from me. They all have. And so it's, that's how we, that's how we, Branch out and expand more, and so it excites me when I see people who would never run run for office. So I would I would love to see all of you guys run next election
2: too.
1: If willing to me, I'd run. If if you if you have a sponsor,
2: I'd do it tomorrow. Well, uh, <laughs> David, Maybe I can't say <laughs> I can't say that I would want to run, but if it meant uh, working with you again in the future, I would consider it. Um, me and Ariel also pointed out one interesting thing we're both uh born in a specific year that also is the name of a dystopian book dystopian book oh Angel, you muted for
3: he's dying in 1984 you and him uh and yeah yeah, you and Angela, yeah. <laughs> we're born 1984. in 1984
1: it's it's yeah. a very i mean i was like born in that year and i was like i was reading the book and i was like what the no
4: (laughs) it's my
1: my year no i was kidding i enjoyed the book Um, but no and then i was also born in arizona and angela's from arizona so i was born in Sierra vista 40 minutes outside of tucson But, um, but yeah so i i um yeah no you're you're so right i uh it's, it's, it's good though, just to see, like, I mean, Angelo also, if he doesn't run, he's gonna still be helping out on something. I mean, he's bringing so much value to our campaign and like, I mean, his communities are activated by his involvement. And so I think it's it's a matter of just igniting those around you. And it's not purposely or intentionally doing that for the sake of it. But if you're really genuinely passionate about it, that's just a byproduct of it. Exactly. Uh, yeah.
3: I, I have a great idea for you, David. Like, go, go after, like, Republicans and conservatives, too, on these ideas of, like, our elective representatives are not doing their job, so why are they getting paid? Like, would you, w- aren't you responsible with your own money? You would rather it go to some like politician who like, Hardly, you know, helps your communities or helps you people, or would you rather it just go directly into your pockets? So, so, and and then get together with uh, what what was his name, Dan Larson, who's running on UBI as a Republican in Montana. So just say like, like, no, no, no. It, 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 this transcends all this partisan stuff. We 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 want to count on ourselves more a little bit with this UBI to do even better for our communities because we've seen what these. You know, elected representatives are doing, and they're just enriching themselves.
0: You know, so Ariel, let me, me let, let me pull you on something regarding to that, and uh, maybe we can get David Kim's opinion on it. Why don't, if you can manage to run, I would encourage you to run as a Republican. What do you think of that? Well, where where do you where ah, the room goes silent? All right, yeah. Ariel, that's
5: tell us- actually something I'm thinking of wait, doing say, for
0: a I absolutely think you should that as again? a Republican and a woman. It's just even better. Absolutely do it. Wait, they, they do David, seem they, to I, fall
5: for that, like, crack. <laughs>
0: yeah, Whatever works.
1: What did you say? Oh,
0: um, hold on. Let me um,
1: put this adapter really quick. Sure. Ariel, okay. well, he
5: was asking that. if you would consider running as a Republican.
0: Sure.
2: <laughs> but I was going to it's what is the tactical move
0: I think nonpartisanship is the only way to make real progress in a case where we have a bipartisan corporate capture government. So we need non-partisanship to
2: overcome well, it. Well, you guys already know that I'm uh, working on a plan to testify before Congress, right? And we've uh, specifically Woo! asked for the panel to contain uh, people that are Democrats, Republicans, and uh, we also want people that are independents. So we completely de- depoliticize this, saying that, You know, we are the constituents of these parties, so to speak, and we all agree that this needs to be done. It's not a Republican issue. It's not a Democrat issue. You have um, people in both, and the independent voters that everyone's trying to get, they're here too. So
5: how might someone listening be able to get involved in that, Angela?
2: um, Contact myself or Hannah Wan. We're the two that uh, started setting this up. Um, you can find us on Twitter at Hellion and Hellfire, and now Hannah Wan. Um, and just contact us. Let us know that you are interested in becoming a speaker and representing uh, your community to the federal government. And you know, get make your voice heard out there. Um, we are still taking uh, speakers.
1: Wait, David, what what did you say? You you had something to tell me. I didn't hear it. Oh no, that was um it was just uh what does your district look like? Because your oh. what your district look like also matters. Um, yeah, so I think that
3: the congressperson here her name is like Karen Back. Oh, okay. I mean
1: yeah.
3: yeah, she's she's okay. She's you know kind of like a vanilla, I don't know, like 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 I don't I don't know like what what she like stand for. It's kind of like oh hi everyone. Is everything okay? Okay, bye everyone. Like Know, like those kind oh, of status
0: people. quo, so, a status quo. Yeah. yeah, you, yeah. Know. <laughs> you know,
3: and, and, and I remember like when I, when I, when I, I went to a town hall once and I just shouted the phrase, like, we need to modernize our schooling system. And she went like, yeah, we need to modernize our schooling system. It's like, okay. So like, and then mean? it ends there. It's like, okay. So where does it go from there? Oh no. I, I just like repeat what you say. So you're happy, but I'm not really going to do anything. It's like, you okay.
1: Like, <laughs> yeah, what, what, what i've learned and i tell this to everybody that i like work with or, or whatnot is they're like my teachers and what i've learned during this campaign season even in the last month is like for instance in, in that instance ariel because i've been trained like candidates we go through some training i've been through a twitter training i've been through an instagram training I've been through etiquette training. I've been through whatever training there is. But we've been trained to the point where now, Ariel, if I was in that situation and you had shouted in a meeting or town hall saying, David, we should modernize the school system, I would have been like, yeah. And then later I would have been like, hey, Hannah, Cindy, uh, can you get Ariel's info so we could set up a meeting and talk? I want to see what is oh,
3: concerned. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So so so, I, I I after the town hall was done, like I came up, and then she said, "Oh well, here is one of my like associates helpers," and I took down her information. I called her, I emailed her, got nothing back. You guys Zero. didn't have a meeting? I would actually have a yeah, yeah, yeah. no, no, no. And and then like I followed up on it, and then um, like like she she had an office in like H- Highland and something like over there on what is it like going a little bit towards downtown on Wilshire? I don't know. And then, and then I went to her office and, and I had a talk with one of her, you know, um, helpers about like jobs and stuff. And he's like, yeah, we're just waiting for like all the boomers to like, retire from their manufacturing jobs. And then after that, you guys will all have jobs and that's all we can do. Okay. Bye. You
0: have to tell that like, story when you like, run against her. Tell like, that story yeah, it's, it's
3: like, okay, well, well that was pretty pathetic. Like, like, are, are you not like thinking of ideas or, you know, consulting and like really seeing how to hash this out. All you have is like, Oh, we're just waiting for them to retire. And then like, you'll get a job later after that. Like, okay. Wow. And like, like you, you can just like not have a job and just like, you know, not do anything until we wait for these people to retire. It's like, oh wow, what a, what what an amazing answer! Like,
2: oh Ariel, I can tell you one fun thing about uh, the David Kim campaign. They run a really tight ship over there. If they say, oh, we're going to get back to you on that, or they, if David writes down your concern, I can guarantee right. there's at least four or five people doing research and um, get something to his desk by the end of that week i
3: mean i mean that's the way it's supposed to be like i'm sick and tired of all their nonchalant attitudes it's like hey like did we not vote for you so like you're you're just kind of being like oh yeah like well we'll just throw you a little bit of crumbs over here that's kind of like all we got and like okay go back to your business bye
4: (laughs) The important thing is accountability, though. I think uh, uh, shedding transparency, like having a right. conversation like this with David, this is transparency, right? right. This is, yeah. we can expose what he's saying, and, you know, like people can even refer back to something because they were part of a conversation like this. Mm-hmm. But, but, like, <laughs> it, it, like, um, I was thinking about this organization called the League of Minority Voters, right? Mm. And so uh, they started helping with speech and debate for kids because they had never experienced any of that. And so, like, they raise money to help, like, kids go to speech and debate. And, uh, like, they actually have, um, like, 100% graduation rate. And then a lot of them go to... Uh, college afterwards right um but like they didn't know how to do that before because they were low income right um but we need more organizations to even teach how to be in politics because i mean i didn't learn politics until uh andrew yang came along <laughs> and and do, do do any of you guys
3: find it a little bit strange and peculiar how like Lucci said one of the other people running for congress like we never learn about like all these things about like pensions and wages and salaries and commissions when we're actually in high school, like we never, we never have a conversation. And then they say like, Oh, your parents will tell you all that stuff, but they don't. And then even when you learn about money and finances and all those things, and you don't have money, that's like taking a class on how to raise kids when you don't have kids. So what's the point? So uh, like, you know, <laughs>
1: yeah and that's and that's a serious that's an actually really really, like legit issue it's like a it's like one of those non-cliché actual campaign issues like andrew had um because even with our foster youth like there's a lot of foster youth that aren't taught anything and like that's how you equip people with nothing left to do nothing and like that's, that's what you're pushing them towards. You're pushing them towards.
3: Well, David, at least we have
1: Shakespeare. Like that really helped me
3: like balance my budget, you know, and like all the polynomials I had, like, like all
4: that stuff. <laughs> so the thing though too, is we need to teach people how to teach themselves. Uh, we don't teach critical thinking like we need to. No. And that- the problem. Like, I had to teach myself how to teach myself so I could teach other people how to teach themselves, okay? It's a big, long process.
3: And and, and David, I don't know if you're a gamer or you have any gamers in your life, but one of the biggest lessons I learned from video games is, like, how to approach something from a different angle. Like, if you make a mistake, you learn from it, and then you go like, another way. But you see, when when you're financially limited, the mistake is like a life and death decision. So it doesn't allow you to grow. But then when you know, like, oh, I can make the mistake with this money and I'm not going to starve, maybe I'll take a risk here and there. You know?
1: Yeah. Yeah. This is uh, this is all very important stuff that needs to be talked about and addressed and um, education is a whole different area in and of itself. Um, I mean, going back to like the whole servitude, like you, you don't let an 18 year old sign like a home mortgage, like, but then with student loans, it's like, all right, (laughs) they're just like,
3: They, they have to ask to go
1: to the bathroom
3: when they're 17 and take on thousands of dollars when they're 18. How does that make any sense?
1: Yeah. So.
5: While um, not having really been taught how loans or money work to begin exactly. with, to yes. begin
3: with, well, that's, so that's so they the they it, capitalize yeah. on our ignorance. You do understand that,
1: right? Yeah. yeah, that's definitely a very great point on that one. Um, what Liz said. Yeah, um, but thanks for talking about these issues every week, guys. Like that's that's the way to do it.
0: Well, thank you oh, for coming sure. on. Uh you know, we do it yeah. Friday through Sunday, four shows a week. Uh, you're welcome to drop in anytime and uh if we can help you out with anything, just come in if you need if you need help from, you know, the two dozen or so UBI advocates on this server. We're at mm-hmm. your service. So. Yeah, we're right uh, here. One,
1: well, so this is the this is the round tables channel? Yes. Yeah, it is. Yang yes. Yang the Yang Gang round table.
0: You can contact yes. any of us here again anytime.
1: Right. Got it. Cool. And so is this being is this is this being live streamed somewhere else, or is it just live? This streamed? is live
0: streamed to Twitch, and live it will be turned Twitch. into a podcast that will be released on Anchor, mm-hmm. Spotify, and yeah. it will also be on YouTube eventually. God. Yes, I mean, not, it'll be on YouTube in like a you know five or six days, not like months eventually. No. <laughs> All right, let's
1: do it. Let's and, do a and, yeah, no,
3: go ahead, Ariel. And, and then, like, take this. What we said here. And take it to the local, like LA news stations, if that's possible, you know. And and if they ignore it, well, that tells us a lot about them. That tells us,
2: you know, what I'm saying. Well, that would be uh my job, Ariel. So, um, okay. I'll see what I can do, do. that, Angelo.
1: Right. Let, let's,
3: uh-huh. let's get the ball rolling. Let's. Well, yeah.
1: Um, let's do a quick round robin. If you were running for office right now in your district, where you're at in your home right now, what is your first campaign issue? Two
2: sentences, two or three sentences.
0: It seems like a softball here, but go on. (laughs) Okay,
2: so I'll start here. Uh, In my area, it would be uh, cleaner water. Cleaner water, okay. Uh,
4: I'll go next. I know it's not really any order, but um, I think every town should have access to Wi-Fi because Wi-Fi is now the... uh, we need it, right? To It's inevitable that we need it for something. And uh, like, I'm just in my mom's hometown, and there's no reception for anything out here. And so it's disconnecting so many people. Uh, and or like, you know, you got to pay up. So I think I would want more Wi Fi towers.
5: It's going to be really cliche for this group, but a UBI. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I, would- I live in the middle of rural Wisconsin. It's the midwest yang was speaking it with that with that issue where there the towns are dying we need it
0: yeah i can think of a few other things to do uh, with second order priority that are uniquely local but uh you know so i have to give the same uninteresting answer that is on message uh, i would just provide a local ubi and i would see how much we we can give to people and how much people need based on the cost of living and figure out what we can manage at, at the local level you know because it's it's nothing that would help more.
3: I'll give a unique one here: uh, creativity-based uh, education, especially in like areas of science and technology, like I don't know, three D printing, uh, uh, what design, like um, uh, acting stuff, so people can like express the more of like like creative, imaginative parts of themselves, since.
1: That of just oh my gosh working, you right? just yeah. you nailed you know that's so important you nailed it right there because then when you don't do that you have so many struggling artists paying an arm and a leg for these classes that are private courses in whatever area that you live in And even in LA I see actors paying thousands and thousands of dollars for the acting courses that's like what the heck like that's crazy like I mean, yeah, it's great for those acting teachers and whatnot. I mean, that's sort of the cycle and system where if you act and you're no longer relevant, then you go teach. But but still, there's a way to do that without having so many people go bankrupt where their lives are all messed up, and then they go back home to their hometowns with their dreams destroyed. And it's like, are we even helping people achieve their dreams in that sense? Like, do you realize how many people, like, Even in the, and I only say it because I used to work in the music industry and I had, I used to look at, I used to be into all of that. And so I'm very familiar. Like there's so many people, even in the freelance industry here, just struggling and struggling. And it's like, if you give them a UBI, like they're able to actually do stuff like without having to struggle so much. And like, that's how you make the American dream happen. Like if you're really trying to talk about the American dream, like. It's not just like lip service all the time, but like, how does that tangibly look like? Like, and yeah.
4: Skillshare and each other. Like, the guy who's on just the other day, he's from Karma Credit. He created this um, essentially Skillshare barter trade thing where you know you reward nice deeds, and uh, it's cryptocurrency, though, mm-hmm. and you can it for stuff but it's just like i did a really nice thing oh thank you here you go and it's like you don't have to have actual currency and it could be a way to like get away from money you You know know, the
3: the the, the excuse of like the school administrators and the universities are like no, no no but like that creativity stuff is not practical but then like first of all like there are a lot of creatives making like tons of money and there are a lot of people who all, like and But all the, the testing and all the SATs and all the ACTs never helped me make any money. So guess what? No, your testing isn't practical. Some of your classes are not practical. And all that creative stuff
1: is more practical than you thought it was. So you're already wrong. I don't think... I don't know how anybody would have survived without the arts during this quarantine right now, like...
0: (laughs) Yeah, yeah, and... and, I'm I'm not not
3: filling in bubbles on a Scantron during this quarantine, Yeah, you know.
2: (laughs) Yeah, I've actually, um, you know, just to de-stress the other day, because I was under the weather, I actually picked up my guitar for the first time since I left the stage. And... Yeah, and I can honestly say... um, David, I kind of wish I knew you when I first started my um business or even when uh, my band was actually uh out there touring because the thing is no one teaches you some of the most basic things that mm-hmm. you need when you're yes. um starting a music career which is yes. you know, how okay. how to market yourself how to get out you there just... how to connect with your fans yes. and then when you uh you know go into the business world you know. They tell you, oh, well, try these standard marketing things, try funneling, try all this. And it's like, yeah, but how do you connect to an audience? How do you differentiate, how do you differentiate yourself from every other promoter out there? And the I thing agree. is, you have to be creative to actually stand out in that kind of arena.
4: So I, I came up with this idea recently uh to uh find your Facebook groups and uh, do Zoom calls with people with similar uh interests as you. So, you know, they used to say it takes a community to raise a child. We can literally create communities now online through video chats like this. And we can uh, have people teach each other now and it won't even cost anything, right? And so, I think if we uh, start doing that a lot more, we could really just educate each other. Uh, and so, join, join the group. Oh, yeah. Also,
2: uh, there was an interesting idea that was brought up um, in a conversation I was in back. Whereas, um, you know, once UBI is on the table and everything, all of us, the Yang Gang, have become pseudo experts on UBI. So, why don't we, as Experts, so to speak, host town halls and answer people's questions about what UBI right. would do. Yeah, we're, we're kind of moving in that direction with this program, I think. You
0: know, so it's kind yeah, kind of, yeah. I think I think what would, would be good. I'm going to mention. I'm going
1: to talk on Angelo's. Now, actually, let me talk about this the the community stuff first, and then I'll go back to Angelo's point about entertainment um, for the community system. And this is something that I was just kind of reminded of. I was looking at. Um, a down ballot candidate from Florida, I forgot what her name is, Jen something, but I was looking at her Twitter and she reminded me of a system that had started back in during the Obama campaign, where it was a house party system where you have a group of, and it depends on the size of your apartment or condo or house, but you invite anybody from three people to 20 people to your house. And then it's sort of a house party, you have drinks and snacks, and then the, you invite the candidate over. And then the whole goal is to get at least get five people from that house party to then host their own house parties and invite their own friends in their own networks. And that's how Obama won. And that's how other kind of candidates at state state levels started doing. But then that sort of fizzled out again. And I think it, it fizzled out. I don't know what it was, but it fizzled out regardless. So it fizzled out. But then I think now it's sort of coming back in the sense of, hey, now that we have quarantine, like we can't actually meet. And so I think it's sort of kind of building upon the idea. And I don't know if Jen is doing this in Florida, but what I told Hannah yesterday or our, our team, our core over Slack yesterday is, hey, we should do online meet and greets or online house parties where it's something like this. Like you guys are actually the structure of it and then so the idea is like let's say this is our house party ariel organized it let's say or angelo did the both of you are co-hosts then the idea is faye and and liz would go on and host their own house parties and then from there two more from their house parties and so it's kind of multiplying that effect but if you were to do that with ubi and really actually tell people yo ubi isn't just a like uh, kind of a cliche or like a popular thing to be behind. It's actually real and something that would actually bring blood and pump blood back into our communities and life. Like we would have life again. Not saying that that equates everything. I'm just saying like financial power does mean a lot. And so the this, this, uh, sustenance of that. And so kind of having that as a model and like and and finding creative ways to do that it doesn't have to be labeled UBI but just organizing right. different meet and greets and house parties and issues so that when you're talking about important issues then you talk about basic income like what can basic income do for us and like how transformative can that be for your community right now where Liz are living or for for whoever <laughs> like and that community to build upon yeah,
3: yeah. Look, look at it this way. We're already giving like a bloated UBI to our Congress people who are hardly helping us. So you know <laughs>
5: it's, Well, it's and I, so I like... think a good audience for that is emerging right now. I don't I don't know um how any if, if anybody else has experienced this with a bunch of your friends that you'd tried to yang during the election cycle and now that quarantine is hit, all of a the sudden they're coming back to you with your old arguments, like, Yeah, no, you were right. <laughs> Sorry, supporting this guy no, now. The best. Um, it's it's we like the we had someone in our D &D party who i'd been i was barred from talking politics at the game because i was having such a time trying to convince this guy and just last week he was sharing gag articles to me because he'd finally come around on the idea that a ubi would really fucking help him right
1: now yeah oh it would be so it would be so life-giving to to all of us um and and then in regards to like i think it's it's a matter of just kind of seeing um where these inefficiencies are i something that angelo had pointed out with entertainment is the only reason why and, and at first i have to admit like i i got attracted to entertainment because it was like ooh glitzy glam whatever but then as i got into it though i was like holy crap there are masses of people being raped not not sorry i'm not i'm not going to use that word i apologize there are masses of people being exploited. being taken advantage of to, like, the max degree with their finances, with their times, with their trusts, with their relationships, with their career plans, their lives, and, like, Mm -hmm. just seeing, like, these helpless artists who are fucking magnificently brilliant and creative and archual, like, just amazing virtuosos of their own kind, it's like, oh my gosh, your talent's amazing, but there's nobody to protect you right now. Because everybody wants to make money off of you, and that's so sad. Yeah,
0: <sighs> and you know, I, know. I didn't mean to censor you before. I, it's I, it's I don't mind using the word. I was surprised, is all. Um, but yeah. Oh no, no. I, I, like, I, I out of my own personal,
2: yeah. it didn't fit with
1: my no. own moral compass here too. Um,
0: that's, that's great. Yeah, I just want to make like uh, try not to censor anybody. Um. Oh yeah, yeah. No, thank you, thank yeah. you. Um, yeah. Uh, I, I mean, a song, I'm a songwriter myself. I'm with ASCAP. You know, it's like <laughs> I. It's it's amazing how there's a preponderance of people in music in the, on the who end up on the show, and there's you know it's 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 an extremely exploitative business, extremely exploitative. But,
3: but we never we never like hear that on the news, we never like know that this is happening. It's all swept out of the rung, and then it's like it's like there, there should be like a class in high school, like how to not financially get exploited by a predator whether they're selling an online course whether they're selling an mlm whether they have this offer it's like 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 basically we we graduate from university we call you high schools and universities and they just throw us to the financial wolves and in some cases they themselves are the financial wolves so so we have we're so financially illiterate in these institutions and then and then they just say like just work and you get money like that. That's the basis of our financial knowledge. Work equals money, work to make money, and And that's all we learn in school and university, and that is a
1: travesty.
2: Now here's... Uh,
1: No, go ahead, Angelo.
2: I was just going to say, I actually got in contact with some old friends uh, in the music industry that are struggling right now, and they're like, how did I never hear about Andrew Yang? And it's because they were doing show after show, and um the only shows that because half of the shows were paid half of the shows the promoters were just saying well you're doing the show for exposure so you know basically working for free and it's like david was saying it's a very exploitative business but it's not the only um exploitative industry but a ubi kind of allows artists to be a little bit more choosy on who they're going to work for and if they are doing shows for free it's out of you know the fact that they don't need the money they genuinely want to connect with the fans
1: yeah. And, um, no, you make a great point on that, Angelo. And c- kind of going back to like the whole people being taken advantage of as creatives, I think it's a, we're, we're having a system that in just enables it and this process that just continues on for years and years, because I get the whole point of like attorneys, like because I'm, I'm coming from the perspective of a manager and attorney since I've been in those roles before. So, coming from the perspective of an attorney, you graduate from law school with over 200,000 in debt. And so you kind of, and then, so you're kind of left with that, but you still do have a heart. And so it's, I'm not saying that those who chose to different means have a bad heart or anything, but you're put into this awkward position, which we shouldn't be putting for our people in the first place at all, where people shouldn't be put in that awkward position of choosing this or this, And like per se in a way, but that's what our system's set up to be. And so a lot, I have. I mean, I'm I'm being honest. I have a lot of attorney friends that are like, David, that's how you still have debt, and like that's how we don't. And it's like, well, my priorities are different. Like that makes me be able to live. And like I'm not saying that's bad on them. Like that's their priorities, and if that's okay with them, then that that that's their truth, and that's their universe. And so, but for me, it's like no, mine's different. But then. But yeah, what am I going to do about the debt that I have? But but I think for, for me, it's like for an attorney, I feel like for any, and this is what I tell artists that I didn't make any money off of, because for me, for those artists that like, there were, there We had a certain kind of fee structure, flat fee percentage and whatnot, but there were a lot of clients that I didn't make any money off of. I helped them for three years legal. They didn't make any money because we set up a percentage thing where if you make money, I'll make money. They couldn't make money, and I understand that because it's tough. But then – and so it's like even – and and I think it's just kind of realizing if we have more people from different parts of the industry, from this industry, from that industry, from this, then we're able to consciously legislate and be able to put things together. I'm not saying everything has to be perfect, but when you have a bill like AB5 in California, which is supposed to be helpful um, from, the, from the core, but then in the implementation of it all, like there's so many things awry, it's like, come on like there should have been more research there should have been more collaborative integrative process in this and like I think that's what we're really lacking and I think this is also the part that we need to share when we're activating people around us Faith.
2: <laughs> oh, uh, A fun fact about uh, David that I wanted to bring up and um, because we're in a similar industry um, I'm certain that there are dozens of K-pop idol groups out there that are absolutely thrilled that the um new contracts that you put out um actually replaced the old uh you know slave wage contracts that you know they were signed on as kids and then they were signed on you know uh for like five ten years and you know everything that they made uh basically went back to the company and they got the bottom rung of that so you actually changed that uh, whole structure so well, i just wanted to give you credit where credit is due Oh, no, no, no. I don't, I
1: don't want to take primary credit for that. No, no, no. I'm just one of the people that, that was kind of in the, because I actually took out, um, a few major K-pop artists from their contracts, um, because they're like tenure contracts. So, I mean, I did help in that regard, but I think it's just this overall, like, I don't know what it's called. I don't know if it's, like, common sense or heart or, like, or, 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 just, or if just to if it's it? BS
3: and I'm not going to take it anymore. Or Maybe gelatin. it's called that. It's, <laughs> core of, yeah. it's a core
0: of values that directs your, you know, that, that directs your choices. Like, when I try to imagine who your friends are who, who advise you to make different choices to eliminate your debt, I have to wonder, like... Where the holistic happiness that they implicitly are advising you will have if you act like they do comes from for them. I wonder how they look out, you know, their window and from their building and go like, I made it, I cleared my dad, I'm into the ten percent for whom this all worked and feel holistically okay, like they've done it, now they can relax and the rest of their life is leisure, or like what is going through their mind? Or is it even like, I've gonna take care of my family, and that's enough and that's That's that, you know, it's like, is that a realistic mindset to maintain your whole life? And is that really the ceiling of what you want to strive for as a person? Yeah,
4: I would, I would like to chime in on something here real quick. The fact that we have such high student debt incentivizes people to go after money in order to pay off their debt. So if you're in a field where you just got $200,000 worth of debt for your school, yeah, you are in charge of, like, you know, things like people's lives. Uh, you've essentially just, or, or just, okay, let's do medicine. Doctors, they have huge medical debt, or, you know, debt for schooling, okay? And that's only going to incentivize them to find ways to pay it off, right? And so then, like, it's a little...
1: I think you're, that, that that definitely compromises on the quality and the amount of devotion and commitment to each case or matter or client. And that I think that definitely has an effect because sometimes I wonder I look at and an, other attorneys work and I'm like I mean I'm not to say that I'm perfect or anything but when I look at somebody else and I'm like what and you charge eight fifty an hour I don't see that I produce better work like it's like oh my gosh but that's because they have their debt to pay and and whatnot and not not to say that I don't but I do but still I think it's just priorities because for me like to be honest, I, and I'm just being completely honest, is I I just wanted to see what life was on, life was like on the other side. So life, because for everybody, it's like life is always greener on the other side. You kind of imagine and think. And so I actually worked, I worked my butt off. I graduated 2010 from Cardozo Law School, Jewish school in New York. Um, I, I worked here in LA. Um, I worked at the county DA's office we went on a hiring freeze they let us all go and then I was scrambling looking for jobs and this is the time 2011 when law firms are closing left and right um like these major law firms because of the whole crash and like I remember my second year interviews they were all being canceled and I was like crap I have 200,000 in loans what am I doing right now and then I accepted a I accepted a uh a a job and i'm not gonna say the name i accepted a job as a a, a, as a litigator and i was working 60 to 80 hours a week um and i was paid two thousand dollars a month on independent contractor status and so with no benefits and i was like oh my gosh what does my life come to i'm like being paid two thousand when you take out the money that's like 1400 and like and then rent is it basically equates that. And then I'm going to like these meetings or whatnot. And, and people are wondering why is David always struggling? Like not, not struggling, but why, why isn't he the one who's paying or taking care of the tab? Because he's the attorney in the group. And it's like, nah, guys, like attorneys are like, some of us, I mean, it's dependent on what choices you make, but no, some of us are ridden because this is how, this is what we were given. And this is, and so kind of through that, I've navigated through my years, from 2010 up until now, having then worked for different people for free, I had to work for free for a long time for different people. Um, and then I worked my way up uh, to the point where I really worked my ass. I worked my ass off. And like I, in October, 2014, I set up the HollywoodLawyer.com. It's still there, the Hollywood lawyer. And um, I sold it last year because there was, I just wanted to see what life was like on, on the other side. And so I applied and it was just, everything happened so fast. I applied for a director of uh, music business affairs position at Sony Pictures. And within three weeks, I had like 10 interviews. And after three weeks, I got a job offer. And I remember hearing the job offer, thinking it was an interview, but I was just being called in to be surprised. And I, I cried and I was like, oh my gosh, this is amazing. And then the first month was a honeymoon month. I have to admit it was because you're getting paid a six digit salary. You have all of these benefits. You have parking lot in the parking structure right next to it because you're part of the higher music legal team and like all of that. And when my boss's boss introduced me to the group, It was, I felt very proud because usually when people are introduced as the new employee of the group, they're like, oh, so-and-so's from Universal, so-and-so's from Warner, so-and-so's from Netflix. But for me, they were like, oh, David's really worked his way up. He's really built his own practice he sold it and he's really like been diligent in that and for me that was it was more like I don't know why I needed to receive that as validation looking back as hindsight I could just acknowledge that myself and say good job but for me it was just kind of the first month was good but then the second month, the third month, the fourth month, I realized that I was dying emotionally where it was like, uh-huh. oh my gosh, because I'm, sp- I'm spending all my life there, all my time there. Um, I'm not going to talk about the environment that I was in, but I spent all my life there and I was just thinking, wow, I'm kind of emotionally dying right now. And I was looking for something else um, in that because it wasn't, there was none of the, basically my life had just become just me and the papers before me. Um, and the contracts before me while prior I was engaged in each person's individual lives talking about like, Oh yeah, yeah, no, I can wait. You, you need to go take care of uh, your other jobs right now and finish those Uber rides that you have to finish. And then we'll talk about your EP album after. And then like I was engaged and personally engaged, helping and bringing meaningful change. And, th- and then, and then to suddenly just be another minion in a, I mean, I'm not, to, it's not to say that that's bad because I mean, I enjoy content, but for me, that's, I think, for me, kind of being on the ground level up, doing, making change in the direct policy making, working directly with the community is something that really activates me. And so when I actually saw, I don't know if you guys saw the reboot of Party of Five, but um, there's a reboot of Party of Five on TV, and I was watching episode one and two, and the parents are being separated from their children because they're being deported, And I was crying and I was like, oh my, because it's a Sony TV show. And so that's the only reason, because I watched so much because of the music cues and the legal stuff I needed to do. But I was watching that. I was crying. I was like, oh my gosh, yes, we're tearing up. We're separating so many families. There's so many people separated right now. And so that's that month I turned in my three-week notice and I'm an immigration attorney right now. And I go to court and I defend people in court. I try to extend their stay. I seek relief for them. Um, if not, and then also try to get them a work permit. And so that's what I'm doing right now. And then COVID-19 happened and then it's, it was like, all right, guys, we're, we're laying you off temporarily because all the immigration courts are now closed, which makes sense. But, um, I mean, I think there's some talk about, uh, taking it all back to video conferencing again, which is fine, which will work out great. But I think in that sense, it's like, what for those watching or those in this conversation, I think all of us can attest to like life isn't here for us to just slept through and like just to make it and like just to kind of survive at the end and say, oh, I did it. Guys. Like, we're not, life isn't there for us to be on our deathbed and be like, oh, I made it, guys. All right, good luck guys. I'm gonna go live. And it's like no, no that's not like
3: Yeah. Are. Well 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 if you think about how much mental bandwidth all this is taking from you, if somebody yeah. pushes your head underwater, the only thing you can think about is air. So this is this is what's happening with us and money. It's like, breathe, breathe. No, 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 no. I just don't want my thoughts on breathing. I want my thoughts on living. Hello. So yeah. if, these, if these apartments and these houses and these mortgages have rent control, why don't universities have price control? I don't understand. Like, yeah. what, why don't we tie how much the university charges to how well the graduates are doing once they leave? I mean, yeah. we tie so much else to that. We we, we we talk about how young, you know, you're supposed to like work hard for young people. But what about people who are providing the service? If they're providing the service and then people who graduate are constantly struggling throughout their lives,
4: maybe their service isn't that great. And maybe
3: they shouldn't be charging as much as they do. Just right. a thought. Right. <laughs>
4: Though, is we need to look at what's inevitable in the human life, right? It's inevitable you're going to have to go to the bathroom, right? It's inevitable you might need a wash up. It's inevitable you're going to need somewhere to put your head under that it saves you from the weather, right? But it's mm-hmm. inevitable you need a credit card in today's society and an ID. And it's inevitable mm-hmm. for a lot of things. And people are just being predatory on the things that are inevitable. And I understand right. it's a great income stream, but uh, that's not where we should be like attacking, right? And so we should provide these as a a global service if it's inevitable, right? Or at least like a baseline that isn't like horrible. And once you have the floor, then sure, you want a better place or a better thing. That's great. But um, the free stuff that exists ain't that great either though. You know, you you could qualify for a free phone. I've got to use one because uh, I actually applied in LA for some um, benefits and stuff. And I ended up. One of my friends gave me a free phone, and that phone made me want to throw it. It wasn't good quality. It died quickly. The Wi-Fi was horrendous, and um, and like it, for most people who are homeless or nomadic, uh, like they're discriminated against because there's signs that say, uh, you know, you must purchase something. That's that's a sign of discrimination, guys. <laughs> you know, because they don't have the money, so yeah. it's like, no, you can't be here but they're kicked out of their shelters during the day. So they have to find somewhere. And some of these people are disabled. They need to sit. They're old or like sick or whatever it be. And and we're just like not helping them, even though we think we're helping. We need quality, not quantity. <laughs> like really. And,
3: and the chicken and egg situation where it's like, okay, like if you want to get hired with us, like what you're supposed to have like experience before, but it's like, okay, but like, Where do I get my first experience? It's like, oh, that's your problem. It's like, no, 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 no. Excuse me. You can't put people in that situation. You had four years of high school and and all this college to make sure that that doesn't happen to people. And you're telling me you can't do that. That's not on us. That's on this idiotic system
1: that we should be changing like this. <laughs> you, you guys should have Ariel clothes on. Any point, <laughs> I love it. Yeah,
2: he's good at that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, Ariel is think... very animated. Go ahead. Yeah,
1: <laughs> yeah. No, I was just gonna say I think that's very important of um, realizing that there is and and talking about the common understanding that essential items and services shouldn't be taken advantage of and how do we go about addressing that what does that look like so that the people aren't taken advantage of in those areas like we have that happening in the most essential words which, which is like how is like housing during this time like it doesn't make sense to evict people like <laughs> it, during this quarantine it doesn't and so just kind of those things it's like how do we ensure that our people are really being taken care of and we're not just doing lip service and what does that look like like let's talk about these other issues that we haven't talked about and um, I think it's it's really having that roundtable type of discussion like we're having right now um, in that. So, yeah, um, that's, that's 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 those are really great points. You guys are I, I like how the different views that you represent. It's it, not not views, but um, different aspects of what we should be considering right now. And as like former, um, like former Bernie, like,
3: uh, like all coming together that, that, and we're just saying like, you know what, like no matter you're conservative, Republican, what have you, some things are just not making sense. And let's kind of look into that.
1: Yeah. And I think, yeah. And I think, you know, that's, that was the note that I forgot in the beginning. And thanks for saying that, um, uh, Ariel, uh, in regards to like my parents, they're hard, they're hard. I I am only smiling because I'll share the episode that I'm thinking about that makes me smile but they're hardcore republican and the only reason I'm smiling is like when when president trump was elected um that night my mom she's in this group message with us and she always texts and stuff and she's like praise god jesus loves us the world is being saved hallelujah and then meanwhile I'm like what the fuck Motherfucker. <laughs> I, mean, I don't know what your guys' views are. If I've offended you, this is just my view. Nope, nope, so nope, yeah, like, no, hard. no, no. Like,
0: I'm like, holy
1: God. fuck, what the fuck is gonna happen? Like, what are we gonna do? <laughs> and then I was like thinking going down the rabbit hole of like what countries to move to and like um it's that was that time. Like we already forgot about it, but that was that time and that was that crisis for us. And we're I still kind of living it, yeah, and we're still living in it, but I think for me, I was just so tempted to, like, send back a, a photo of uh, Melania just all naked and, like, send it back to my mom and then my mom would be go crazy because there are certain things that the media does not disclose to certain communities for the purpose of it. The whole Korean community has no idea that, <laughs> that that's the case. And, like, um, but in any case, it's just I think there's seeing that all of us are different, though, it's not to say that when I talk about like there are two things my parents and I don't talk about. And this is because I came out to them recently and we didn't talk for 20 months. And we started talking as of again, um, last, um, last fall right before I started this campaign, because I didn't want them hearing from other people. Oh, your son's running for office. Like imagine the heartbreak there. So I didn't want that. So then I I reached out and said, Hey, let's continue our channels. Even though it was very toxic when I came out to you, let's, let's talk about like two things we were, we won't, just put on the table for now if we see that it'll be a safe zone then we can let's take off sexuality let's take off religion and then we're good and so we we talk about everything else and so like it's not to say that i can't have a conversation about politics or government or policies with my conservative republican parents like they know that i'm really progressive it's not to say that i can't have that with a libertarian friend or a green party friend but i think it's the way about how we articulate it first of all and how we present it and what energy and intention we're coming from because if it's more of a my idea and no other ideas then yeah we're gonna fail short we're gonna fall short so i think it comes from a deeper intention of where is my personal intention and agenda in this like checking ourselves as well and kind of checking ourselves up okay well how what what values are, are things that can really be connected on and that's where we can start and the reason why i say that is um i think i think it and i was telling somebody else this it's like i have different people ask me about how to, uh how to address homelessness and and uh prevent our unhoused brothers and sisters from continuing to live in that and like like i have ultra progressive like libertarian ultra conservative just Uh, moderate centrist asking me and now I find myself it's not to say that I'm like um, changing stances or anything but I think it's a choice of words and what the intentions and purposes of these policies and campaigns are and connecting that first and then finding what ways will work with you and me to get there and kind of doing that instead of a this is this point and we have to get to this point together to get here. But no, I think it's like, hey, do you see that right there? You see that with me? Then how do we get there? And I think it's it's that kind of process that needs to be adjusted and changed in a way. So
5: Yeah, yeah it's kind of got to come from a place of understanding that everybody wants what's best for the nation. You can't treat it like your ideas are the educated ideas and everyone else is a bunch of uneducated plebes who are trying to cause harm. They're not, they're trying to build their best lives for themselves and their communities.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And, and that's why the, the whole passion and gusto and like fervor that people sometimes that might take them overboard to being hostile in words, sometimes to each other, that all comes from this conviction of what they're saying is true for what they really believe could help their communities. And you can't judge that. Like, Like that's, that's their belief system. But how else do we connect and how else do we work together in that then? And I think it's kind of a deeper understanding. So
3: yeah, that's why Yang got so many people who are on the Trump side because he said, look, I get it. Like your, 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 your jobs are going away and now you're left kind of penniless. Because of this and like, you know, racism is bad and, you know, all this other stuff is bad. But your main concern right now is like, I like my job got automated. Where's my money coming from? And I get that. So the people who were former Trump were like, oh, OK, like he, he got that. And and we, we can kind of go with this. And, you know, it, and, and but, but like hardly any other Democrat got that. That was like, you know, crazy to me.
2: Yeah. 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 Well, you also have to look at the ages of most of the other Democrats. Uh, there was barely anyone on that stage that was under 50, and the few that were were the ones that seemed most open to um, either repeating Yang's ideas or borrowing elements of them. Right. <laughs> Angela, you're so articulate. I love that. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you.
4: David, uh, I would ask you a question real quick. Yeah. So- when I was hanging out with uh, the Yang Gang in Iowa, I was talking to someone who's also Asian, and they were mentioning how, uh, like, being in politics as an Asian was actually kind of shamed. Is this something you experience or understand, or is this, like, news, like, is this, I don't know, but like, culturally for Asians in politics?
1: I don't know if it's shamed. I I don't think it's like purposely like shameful or anything like that, but I think it's more of like this kind of, they look at you with eyes of like, oh, you're like a hopeless romantic, David, you want to make change, but it's not going to happen. Oh, he's immature. She's immature. Like, oh, like it's that type of profession that people look at, um, <laughs> I think. But then for my parents, I think because they're like, they were pastors in their, in their own belief systems, like they encouraged um, me to do whatever I wanted in that sense. And so, um, but then I do remember times where when I would go out from under my parents' wings and I would like be talking with an uncle, like my, my dad's sister's husband or my dad's brother or whoever, or with other people, they would always say in the first conversation, like when you're asking a kid or a teenager, an adult's first question is usually, or I guess when I was growing up, the question was usually, what do you want to be when you grow up? And, like, I would always say, like, I want to go help people. And they're, like, they, like, laugh. And they're, like, what do you mean? I'm, like, I don't know. I want to help people. And then and then they would just, and, like, kind of, I think I think it's that. It's not a shameful thing, but it's more like, a, oh, they're not growing up. They actually need to make money. This kid doesn't realize that the whole purpose of having a job is to make money, to make lots of money, to have a house, to have your kids go to private school, to do all of that, or whatever it might be but I think that's probably might be the mentality or it could be some other mentality, but I think it's more the mentality of politics for them. doesn't. They haven't seen, and now I'm generalizing and speaking for them. Um, so I'm not, no, but I'm not. one segment of the community could be politics hasn't done much for us. So like why be involved in it? Or we're, we're not that marginalized or as long as we stay quiet, it'll be okay. Or, I mean, there could be de- different views to that, but I think the general consensus is there is some sort of degree of, yeah you're a hopeless romantic aspect in that with politics because I mean but then given the plus side of it I do have people that are very supportive of it so like for instance like entertainment clients or people that I know in the Asian American community I have a small minority coming out strongly saying David I support you let me know how I can help but a vast majority of the Asian American community entertainment clientele that I know they're just like Oh, okay. David's doing his thing. Like, they're very disinterested. And, I'm, oh I'm, and I'm, I'm not being, like, all bitter and sour about it, but I'm just being real face that you brought it up. Like, the Asian American entertainment community, like, is super silent. Like, I don't know how silent they are right now. Like, I am running in Los Angeles, the fucking entertainment capital of the world. I am part of their community. I was helping the Asian American legal community. Like, I was giving free legal, like, it's just but then, when it comes to politics, it's more. Oh, good job, David. Good luck, and I love that. Oh, like, yeah, that gives, yeah, that gives us emotional yeah. outbursts of support. But there are times where that only goes to a certain extent, where your where your words don't really match your action or energy in that sense. And so, I do feel like that is something we can work on, and for for for, for the, the, the Asian American community in general. Like, I honestly have to admit that. But there, there, really have really. Been, there have been huge improvements. Yeah. <laughs>
2: All right, David, I can it's, actually it's offer
3: some perspective thing. on that. It, it, I just want to say really quick, it's the same thing with Persians. Uh, like my family came here from Iran, and and it's always like political hobbyism. Like, oh, I, I think like this Republican or this Democrat. But it's not getting involved. It's just having an opinion, never getting involved, and just going to the bu- – just talking about business – and then how it relates with business. And it's like this hobbyist thing. It's like saying, oh, I support this guy and, and and this, but it's never like directly getting involved with like my Persian community too. So I just want to put that out
2: there. Yeah. yeah. As a uh, Chinese and Japanese American, I can actually speak a little bit on this subject. Um, part of the reason why it's sort of um, soft support rather than full-on hard support is there's actually a fear of drawing a negative attention to the community or making it uh, putting the community at risk of more scrutiny and that's what they're afraid of is you know the, the community gets more scrutinized and thrown into a political sort of um, box and then that starts to close doors for them that's what a lot of the fear is at least on the ground level mm. i mean i but think yeah
1: I'm going to get so much. I'm, I could get fire for this. But for before but I'm, I'm speaking for certain portions of the Korean community, I'm not talking about the Asian community, but certain portions of the Korean community having grown up in that there's this certain air of putting on a face and saving face and 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 always trying to be judged properly and positively in all aspects and in all ways so as angela was sharing that i just thought oh is that that connection right there that's happening on a more collective kind of conscious like society scale that that happens with us personally in communities because my parents like, like and this is i'm not i'm not i'm not dogging on my my peoples or anything but but you, you, you do see a lot of people or households, I'm not pointing out districts or communities, but you see a lot of families where, where they, they live in smaller apartments, one bedroom, two bedroom apartments, but then they have to drive around Mercedes and let back and Benzes and, and Teslas. And it's like, you can't afford that. Like you live in a one bedroom, two bedroom apartment. Like, I mean, for, I mean, if you want to live that, that's for you, but it's like, when you see that on a more massive scale, it's like, that's, I think, so, and anyhow, what long story short is I got the connection there, Angela. I think I, I got that connection. So it makes like, sense. What, yeah, actually, and interesting thing, oh, David, in the,
2: there's concept, actually a Japanese word
0: for it going on, like, all over the mm. world. Uh, you, you know, it is it is as described. Whether or not we refer to it that way, it is, I think, a worldwide problem
2: at this moment in time. Uh, sorry, go, go on, Angela. Okay, I was just going to tell uh, David, what you just described, there's actually a Japanese word for it, and it's a cultural thing. It's called tatemai, which is mm-hmm. your public face. Uh, mm-hmm. You have tatemai and you have hone, which is um, your public face versus what you really feel and express. Okay.
1: So I, think, I uh, think that's probably also an element then, because, I mean, I'm not saying that people don't show up, because they do show up. And they'll show up when, like, let's say, <clears throat> I mean, when when Andrew keeps on doing good stuff, or when I do some sort of milestone that's achievable, then they'll come out and show support because they'll be comfortable (laughs) to go ahead and show support. And so I, I get that as well, but I think, um, that's just something to just be aware of and just to to see how we can still activate people and, and to kind of draw the bigger picture for people that it's really about, uh, really about each of us putting a voice because that's actually how we help each other. So yeah,
3: it's, it's absolutely. Andrew. Said like, like my my parents would always tell other people that I was still a lawyer. Like, why was that? Like the public face, right? It's yeah. like it's like 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 like. Yet yeah, sometimes, sometimes my mother does that too. She's like, if if they ask me about you, what should I tell them that you're doing? That's cool. That's
1: like awesome. And I'm like, oh my god.
0: Yeah, I remember on, being. I'm doing nothing. I'm yeah, no, that. I remember being, yeah.
1: for, Stanford, for Stanford, I remember being deferred, 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 and then rejected. And then my parents went around telling people that I was waitlisted. And I was like, no, I wasn't waitlisted. <laughs> and I was like, what the heck? And so I get it. Like, And so kind yeah. of like this whole, like, we don't want to be under scrutiny or attack for any other reason that's unrelated to us. So they they kind of do want to keep on the little radar. I, I get that for some people. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and
3: and the, th- but the thing is, is like people care about yeah. their other people's perception of them more than they care about their own happiness. Like yeah. p- people people who may be miserable and thing when they go out in public, they want to be like, well, people should think that I'm not this, so I'm gonna put on this." You know what? You know, I don't to know. what end?
0: To, to what end do right. we do this? I do not
2: yeah. understand. Well, the thing is, uh, it's perception, because uh, you want to be, and people in the business world are guilty of doing this, too. Uh, You always want to be uh, perceived as more successful than you are, because that's how you open doors. Um, For example, and Andrew uh, Yang even talked about this on the um, campaign trail, said, you know, as an entrepreneur, when people ask you, how's the business doing? You have to say, oh, it's doing great. You know, when realistically on the back end, it's crumbling and you're basically just trying to keep it from sinking. Yeah.
4: So, okay, you know what mean?
2: <laughs> that was a good example. Yeah, go ahead, babe. Uh,
4: okay, so um, I've been doing a lot of, like, enlightenment work in my life. And one of the things is we're not in alignment with truth, right? So we never look at the facts and how we feel about the facts of the truth. And then we never do anything with how we feel about the facts of the truth, right? And so we don't actually... Uh, one um, uh, is crying, right? You, and you see them crying, you have given a signal to the world that I need help, right? And so someone can take corrective action with actual like, oh, this is the reality of it. I will be here for you. And I can, you know, help you out. But if you pretend that you're not sad, and you're putting on a, a happy face, nobody's going to come to help you, right? So if you're not authentic to the truth, then the problem becomes uh, you're you're not getting the right help because you're sending the wrong signals, right? <laughs> yeah, saving face doesn't help anybody.
1: <laughs> yeah, so it's an invitation
4: yeah,
0: it's, to mental illness too to compartmentalize right, but your but your, I, your psyche like that, like like your it, emotions. It <laughs>
3: like like super competitive kind of like society that we built that, that like you, you you always see the next guru go out there and say like I built a successful business and then he has like a crowd of people going like yeah I'll we'll make lots of money and like we've just proliferated that so much that it's become like a cult, like like a brainwave
1: it's it's crazy. That's true. That's 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 so true, too. That's so true, too. No, because there's this whole kind of movement towards getting yourself better, but then in that, it's like you're, (laughs) it's ironically the opposite as well. But yes, I get that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah.
2: Yeah. And I would say one of the interesting things, borrowing another quote from Andrew Yang, is we need a society where we decouple human value from financial value, you know, where. Everyone is judged by the type of job that you do. And I noticed this um, in a Yang Hang that I hosted recently uh, where we were talking and um, I accidentally uh, dropped out for a second. And when I came back, um, everyone who didn't have the moderator in the room for a moment were like, "Okay, what did we talk about? Well, uh, what do you do for a living? And that was like the first default question that they went to. So that shows our society has such a strong connection to what is your profession, what you know. That kind of is how we measure each other, is what is your profession? What do you do rather than, you know, what interests do you have? What hobbies do you have? So the the question seemed almost like pre-programmed in us. It's just the first thing you ask if you are in an awkward situation. It's like, oh, what do you do for a living? I,
4: I have, I have.
3: What do you do for a living? Please reply response.
4: I I actually had a conversation with somebody uh really uh related to this. Um so this particular person has a lot of um mental health issues, right? Like a significant uh, a significant amount to, that it, it paralyzes them to some capacity. And uh they were saying how they like parts of themselves but not the their whole selves. And I was like what would help you love your whole self? And their answer surprised me. They're like universal basic income. I was like, wait, what? <laughs> like, okay, let's, let's pause. Why? Let's, let's, like what's going on? And they're like, well, I really hate that conversation of what I do for money. And because it's hard for them to even like face their anxiety to do anything. And like the conversation is uncomfortable and it's actually shameful if you don't make money. Right. And so like, if you are uh, not making money, you're lesser in the eyes of others. Right. Uh, you know, you could be doing fantastic work, you know, and you could be making massive change in society. But if you're not getting paid for that, oh, shame on you. You're
0: yeah. <laughs> to a party and flood expectations by just confidently, when people ask you, what do you do? You say, nothing. Oh, nothing at all. Just stand there and smile. And see what happens
4: yeah yeah
1: that's that's uh you guys are so good hold like, on can somebody just send me the last five minutes of this recording too um <laughs> or, or, or or will i be able to record I'll, yes, I'll talk to angelo yes,
2: will you. be okay. available oh, oh yeah I'll get, uh, I'll get the recording for jail
1: yeah. okay sure, no because sure. that would that's what you just said you nailed it right there Faye. where it's like what the i like that would be a perfect clip for people because every single person in this entire world can relate to that like, that's not something, like, that's relatable by just a fraction of people out there. That's relatable to every single person. And I and I feel like... A lot of people don't realize that we've been pre-programmed to automatically categorize and put into bins and cubby holes a person after we find out immediately what their profession is, and then if we find out what their series of professions are, then we put them in more bins and categories within our heads, and our and our whatever information that we store here subconsciously. And that's something that would definitely limits our ab- ability to fully interact and engage with people because we've already set energy limits from with which to interact without ourselves own. Knowing it all, I mean, if calling out
3: bullshit was a profession, like that's mine, and I'm happy to have it eventually.
2: (laughs) David, that actually, uh, I I have a brilliant idea that I'm going to share later. But um, I was going to, when you were talking about that, that almost reminded me of the military and how many you know ribbons and awards you have on your uniform, and it's kind of the same thing. Just uh, you know, insert profession here. Um, extra label here. I belong to, uh, you know, just to name a few things. It's like, okay, so I'm, you know, I do something like I'm a doctor. I'm also, you know, a member of, you know, name community here. I'm also a ad label here. I also have gone to ad school here and I also study add this here. So it's basically like a list of accomplishments that you're wearing on your chest, similar to, you know, the medals that uh, a service member would wear. And basically, it's just like you're judged by how many of those ribbons you have on you. It's sort of the same way that you're judged by how many labels you can add onto your name. Pretty (laughs) much
4: When I deal with people and they tell me their occupation, I don't even care what they say. I ignore it. I don't care. You could be the garbage man. You could be a CEO. The next question I ask, which is the one that actually matters to me. Are you happy? Do you enjoy your job? Like, that's more
3: than Do you enjoy your life? Um,
4: right. And are you willing to change that if you're not happy? And most people are like, well, you know, I, I'm doing what I got to do to survive. And I'm like, you're killing oh, your soul. Well, that's, that's pretty boring.
3: I mean, like, I don't, I don't see that. Like, you know, yeah, it's, it's, it's just so like, like, like that. That's like, I love creativity and imagination. And like these responses are like the most uncreative, unimaginative, just like dry and like things it's, it's like, okay, it's a big deal. Like like have, have, like like let's create something, let's make something, let's like explore the options, let's like explore the areas. Like I don't know. I, I, I just I just like making things up, creating things and
1: that's just me. <laughs> yeah, I mean getting paid to do something, like I mean a lot of people are like, Oh, you're gonna be like encouraging laziness. It's like, what? where are you getting that from? Oh my gosh. You don't know what it's like to not have a thousand dollars. Wow.
3: The opposite is true because it's like, okay, we'll give you this money and if you work, we'll take it away from you. Okay, then I don't want to work. Okay, we'll give you this money no matter what and if you work, you make more. Okay, I'm going to work. Hello? Uh,
2: to quote yeah. um, one of my favorite uh, entrepreneurs, Dan Locke, he said, being broke is more expensive than having money.
4: Yeah, it is. <laughs> uh, yeah. Okay. So, you saying that. Okay, so, uh, I'm purposely trying to see how little I can, uh, how well I can make money. So, I've been trading and bartering and time-sharing, you know, and I'll pick up random pigs once in a while. But, like, to get away from... Like, the need of money is nearly impossible but when I have to buy stuff oh yeah uh, it gets more and then like if you got predatory uh, cops or whatever they're giving you a fine for something because whatever you know I, I've been more harassed by police being nomadic than I, you know I'm a white woman I'm half native but I pass as white right and, and so like I get treated with some uh forgiveness comparatively to other nomads, because I also keep clean. I blend in. Right. But, uh, like for other people, they, they're targeted more simply because, Oh, this person, uh, once you have a criminal record, you're instantly targeted more, even if it was for protesting on the state's, you know, capital for something that really matters, you know, but you got to check that box when you're even signing up for work. Right. That there's an issue with this, mm-hmm. but you, because you already got the thing. I met yeah. one, guy and he had a clean record when I met him. Uh, he got put in jail once. He's a, uh, Hispanic, and uh, next thing I know, he had been in and out of jail consistently after that because he was more targeted after that. I'm like what? And he didn't yeah. make any money anyway.
1: Yeah. This. Oh, sorry. Sorry. <laughs> um, yeah. No, you're you're so right about that. I think. Um, we don't realize i think yeah people that are that don't have money like when you put it relatively speaking their their lives are more costly and expensive right now than those who do have money um and uh, there's something there's everything wrong with that um (laughs) not to end on a on a down note but um and that's and that's what I think realizing that that we can all change and like, I'm, I'm so glad that you guys are like talking and having these discussions and conversations again. Um, I'm so
0: glad that you're entering the government. So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And,
1: and I, I told good. I told my boyfriend, I was like, babe, this is my max. If I'm not out here, you pull me out, okay? Because I'm not, I'm never going over the the 10 year, I said 10 years is the max max. I'm never going over that. I'm going to get in and then get out. And then he was like, "What are you going to do after?" I was like, "I don't know. We'll think about that after."
0: <laughs> but you retire an
1: island yeah. Yeah.
4: <laughs> No, no, no.
1: But I mean, we'll probably do something. It'll probably be something arts related because yeah. I'm always about the creativity part and expression of it. But. But for but for me, it was just like for more of that to flourish and for more of that for us to, us to enjoy, certain measures have to take place, like where we can actually allow our artists and creatives to go ahead and create. And so, from the way I see it, like I'm ha- helping out this girl. Her name is Ease, Elanese, E L A N E S E. She's freaking amazing. Her voice is like the next Whitney Houston. Like she's a legend. She was born into this world for this. Like I know. But then what sucks is that she might not be able to get that chance because of finances and it's like she her parents live on the other east east side coast like she's ubering every day like it's hard to meet people and do that stuff when you're ubering the entire day and like and that doesn't even allow you to pay the bills fully and it's just like oh my gosh what are we doing guys like we're not there yet and like And so for me to actually do my part in being somebody that's so invested into entertainment and music, what I saw was no matter how hard I try to help these people, I'm working against a massive system of inequality right now. And there's not much that I can be doing right now with these creatives that I'm helping. And like, I want to help you out more. I wish I was a billionaire. I wish I could dole out money to you, but I can't. And so it's like, oh my gosh, we need to fix this. We need to fix this. And then that's where I found Kenneth's campaign. And that's where I was like, oh, my gosh, let me just take a break. I'll just take a break from the music industry, the creative industry, go run for office, go make some changes. And then once you creatives are able to live, I'll come back and then be in the creative industry again. And so maybe that's my track. Who knows? But um, I mean, it feels good as I'm saying it right now. But that's that's my. I don't plan to be like in government for a long time or anything. I think it's just in and out. Like we need to get certain policies and measures in place. <laughs> the problem, like,
0: the and then that speaks to your mentality of leadership as service. It's not a glamorous thing. It's not a fun thing. It's a rewarding thing, but it's hard work, and it is it is service to everyone who you represent. And and yeah. the fact that you only want to do it for ten years speaks very well of you, in my opinion. You know, because you know it's hard. If you're going to do the job, you know it's hard. And and can we all say, yes, we can? Yes, we can. Yes, 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 we can. David Kim, thank you so much for coming on. We are not ending on on a down note. This is a very positive note. I feel very happy to have met you. And I want to remind you that we are at your service. If we can create content for you that will help your campaign or help help our shared cause, let us know. Um, Pitch me an episode. Okay. Talk to the other speakers, anything we can do for you, and please come back. Meanwhile, meanwhile, can we
1: get a clip of what Faye shared in regards yeah, to when people ask about their job? I would, I would definitely. love that for a UBI related thing just to put out on our social media. I promise you. Okay, cool, awesome.
2: Yep, I'll get it for Faye. Don't worry. We All right.
4: Should, uh, do the well, the thing. I want to say, we'll
2: say goodbye up. really quick. Oh wait,
4: wait, shouldn't we say what our handles are? We didn't do that in the beginning.
0: Yeah, I was gonna. I was about to suggest that to Faye. <laughs> okay, sorry. Once you. Go ahead. What's happening? We are, are going you? to see our oh. names and our our Twitter our Twitter handles so listeners can follow us and our viewers can follow us. Let's start with Ariel, and we'll just the end of the program ritual. So let's go ahead and start okay. with Ariel. Okay, uh, my name is
3: Ariel, and uh, my Twitter handle is at. Ariel's are underscore Armada. So that's A R I E L S underscore A R M A D A.
1: And you can follow me on YouTube as Revolutionary Thinking.
0: Great. Um, do you, David Kim, please?
1: Awesome. My name is David Kim. My Twitter handle is David Kim twenty twenty.
0: Thank you. Uh,
4: my name is uh, Faye Doni, and my Twitter handle is at Tiz um, so T I S D O N E Y. I also have a new one. It's for my uh, unicorn puppet. It's at uh, Marshmallow the U.
0: Nice. I love it. I love it. I have to follow that. Uh, I'm Shale Riley. My Twitter is at S H A E L R I L E Y. Thank you for joining us. And uh, we have Angelo
2: still with his camera. My on. name is. Angela mendoza you can find me on twitter at hallie and hellfire to them thank you Angela elizabeth
5: uh elizabeth at unicorn 36902 on twitter and at the wandering unicorn on
0: youtube and finally cool. jeremy cool. jeremy
2: all of this, uh, this, this podcast but um yeah i'm the guy who uh runs the uh, the stream and i uh, on, on our twitch channel as
0: our assistant, assistant. producer thank you <laughs>
2: yes so uh yeah please uh tune into our twitch stream at twitch.tv slash yang gang roundtable and you can follow me on twitter at jeremy one and that's s-a-m-m-o-n-s and the number one
0: that's fantastic I, I love you guys uh thank you everybody for speaking and listening and and watching us uh take care and uh We will be with you again soon. Stay safe out there. Bye.